Morning, team. Nice to be company. Three minutes past five, a little bit earlier than usual this morning. Yeah, the computers, honestly. At home, my one did exactly the same the other day. It just went and crashed. I pushed a few buttons and boom, back it came again, which was quite nice. Anyway, nice to be company. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Oh, we're going to crack walnuts today, let me tell you. Oh, we certainly are. Between our knees. I haven't even introduced you yet. Sorry, I'll shut up. Goodness sake, honestly. There's a a pecking order on this programme. I've got to stand in the corner. I think so, too. Roger Foss will be here later. Uh, And Nathan Morley. And being Thursday, Paul Savory. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, Right, now... We did have a, um, a, an email in, I don't remember what these things are half the time, from Barbara, who says, A couple of months ago you were kind enough to wish my mum in Canada a happy 100th. Sadly, I have to tell you she died on the 3rd of January. So that wasn't particularly good news. But, you know, to get to 100 nowadays, it's, it's certainly not beyond the bounds of capabilities. But she was a writer, and uh, she's had 8,000 hits on Google. Uh, Barbara does say, nowhere near the number of hits you've had on YouTube for the studio, but respectable nevertheless. Because you don't know this, but last week, on Sunday, uh, Darren brought in a little video camera yeah. called a Flip. And they're about 80 quid. You can record an hour yeah, of I've it. I've seen the ones. They're, they're quite flat. Yes, yeah. quite flat. And you then plug it into, into your computer and it downloads to YouTube. Automatically. Wow. It's built in. And so it's quite a good idea. Could be so, a bit worrying. Could be a little bit worrying, actually. Yes, you're right. <laughs> anyway, we've had 15,000 hits of people wanting to see what the studio looked like. But Alan Dodgen, when he came in the other day, complained bitterly and said, I'm absolutely gutted. He said that I didn't feature on the video. Oh, please. So you're going to be thrilled because a lady called... Wait a minute, let me, let me find this because I've, <laughs> I, I was oh, a little dear. bit shocked. Oh, yes, you, you will be. You will be. Um, and her name is... I thought it was Maria, actually, but wait a minute. Let me find the things. Um, oh, goodness sake. It's always the way, isn't it? Always the way, just when you want to find it. I will find it. I will find it. And anyway, she said... That's right. It is. It's Maria. She said, I heard how disappointed Alan was. And so um, I've downloaded some clips that I took at Hornchurch. Oh. Of our evening at Hornchurch. Right. And so that's on there. She says, included (laughs) Alan, Paul, John, Susan, and you with the jackets. Of course, you're wearing that that dog jacket thing. I mean, dog jacket. The one that looks like the dog jacket. You know, the... um, the one that's got the white and... The tiger jacket. No, no, not the tiger jacket. The dog jacket. It's a dog jacket. It looks like a dog jacket. It's not tiger. I remember the tiger one. You wore that at Croydon. Oh, the, the Dalmatian one. The yes, Dalmatian. The spotty one. Yes, the spotty yes, yes, one. yes, yes. So right. that's on there. All you have to do, if you want to find this one, is you go to YouTube, type <laughs> Steve Allen, LBC, and up it comes. Now, as, as of yesterday, it had 13 people looking at it. <laughs> I predict after this morning, and by the time you've all heard the podcast, you'll all be 14. checking... 14 people. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's very funny I only wore that jacket once. And was it only at, at the Queen's in Hornchurch? Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't know anybody was videoing the Queen's in Hornchurch. Is this where we kept on falling through the lights? Uh, no... That it's, was the time before. It's got, in fact, it's 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 got quite a bit up actually, uh, because if you if you type in LBC Steve Allen, you get quite a few pages of different things. So you look for it, and it's got, I think it says the Queen's Theatre, <laughs> and it's only had thirteen hits. So if, if, I'd be very grateful if you could all have a quick look at it later, and then you give you a rough idea of what we did at the. Well, it doesn't give you any idea of what we did at the shows at all. Does it? No, not really. It it just shows uh, us. It shows you coming on stage, but Alan was already on stage. Yes. 
And I can't you, you never do things in the same order. No, I know. Because we're, we're in the wings thinking, what's he going to do next? Well, you remember on, on Hornchurch, and I was only reminded the other day by somebody, and, uh, and I think un- Uncle Robert said, uh, listen, you're not needed for 45 minutes, you'll be okay, he'll, he'll bring you <laughs> That's on. That's right. So, of course, I'm happily rambling on and I start introducing them. Apparently, pandemonium backstage. He's, he's calling them up, he's calling, where are they? Come on, everyone, quickly. Yeah, because he told us, not needed for 45 minutes, so we back, went back to the dressing room and had a few uh, sherrys. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> 84850, steve at uk. We'll get your uh, texts up in a minute. We'll have a quick look at the, uh, the texts, and uh, we'll do that. And we've got a book as well, which has been sent in by Danny, who's uh, got Simon Solitude, a story told in stories. And it's, it's very good, actually. Very good pictures, very good artwork on here should send that to the Animation Art Gallery if you've got the originals. Who says, I've been a regular listener of LBC, and of your show for many, many years, which means he's even older than we think. He lives in Kenton. It's the first time I've contacted the station. I've recently published my first book. It's a book of original, um... Alba short stories? Uber short stories? I don't know. Anyway, accompanied by original artwork. He says, uh, I've also sent your friends and co-presenters, Alan Dodgen and Sarah, sadly not you, I'm afraid. That's all right. Uh, a copy of the book as I'll well as the enclosed yours. copy, which is for you. It's a small thank you for me for years of entertainment. Hope you enjoy it. So there you go, Danny, thank you for that. He's actually got a website, I think it's danny at simonsolitude.com. So, uh, well done, Danny. Nice book. Printed. Nice pictures. Um, so if you want to find the website, www.simonsolitude.com. Have a look. It's really nice, actually. Really nice. Very nice. Very nice drawings, uh, which are done by a guy called Lex. They are nice. They're they're very... But they're very, very Polish. You can tell where they come from. Yes, it looks Polish The minute you look at them, because if you remember... Um, what's the most famous thing? Probably the um, the Czechoslovakian um, Peter and the Wolf. Yes, yes, yes. And it's very, very reminiscent of that, I think. Yeah. You can almost see somebody making something out of this, can't you? I think the artwork's very good. Yes. Very good, but you're right. right. Typically Polish, Czechoslovakian, something like that, isn't Very it? Very dark. It also reminds me of um, A Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, kind yes, of. yes, exactly, yeah. Very good, though. Very good. Well done. Well done, Danny. Should we please? like that. Paul. Steve, this comes under the heading of haven't they got anything else to do. Mm. There's <laughs> a, an East Sussex Council. Uh, they're set to ban rude street names, such as Whore Road and Cracknuts Lane. Good. Lewis District Council has drawn up guidelines for new street names to avoid double entendres and unflattering place names. The council's cabinet is expected to agree its first street naming and numbering policy, which will ban potentially rude-sounding names. Under the scheme, Lewis's present-day Jugs Road and Cockshut Road may well have been rejected. Names capable of deliberate misinterpretation like Hall Road, Tipple Avenue and Queer Street will also be banned. <laughs> and, strangely enough, Corfe Close. Corfe Close? Corfe Close. C-O-R-F-E? After, yes. After, <laughs> after complaints from people that lived at number four, don't say it... <laughs> Oh, right, OK, oh, right. <laughs> and council officials say oh, aesthetically <laughs> unsuitable names, such as Gaswork Road, Tip House Lane and Coal Pit Lane, should also be avoided. Why? It's daft, isn't it? I think, I think, uh, the... But who lived at, um... I'm trying to think where, um... Uh, Tony, Tony Hancock, Hancock lived. 
Uh, was that something railway cuttings? Railway cuttings, that's right. East Cheam or something. East Cheam, yes, but all right. around the country, there were little places, sort of you know, little meadow and under meadow, and, and lots of rude names. But they weren't considered rude names years ago. Well, Only nowadays, rude. people think they're rude. They're not. They mean completely different things. Yes. Uh, Steve, could you thank Paul for solving my record shack CD search? Oh, good. He's, he's managed it, has he? Well, we think he's managed. We're not too sure if he's managed it or not. <laughs> Apparently, Craig used to make my tea at the ITN building. Yeah, so he said. Told you that last week. I must have a memory like a sieve. I can't remember these people. Can't remember ITN. I can't remember <laughs> ITN, actually. <laughs> uh, Steve, think you're buying a portable DVD player. Heard you say you bought one last week. I'll buy loads. I love my portable DVD players. Uh, they're great. Why do you buy loads of them, though? Because, uh, because I, I tend to get through them quite quickly. Well, you drop you can, them in the bar. Well, I don't know, but you can buy them from about 54 quid now. Mm. I've seen them in Argos at 54 quid. I generally spend about, about 100 quid on... A portable DVD player, which you get a good one. I've got a Wharfdale one, I've had a Sony one, but I don't like the ones where the screen is there. I like the ones where you it looks like a tablet and you or lift like up the, the front. Arcos. Yes, like, like an Arcos, yes. exactly like that. And so I bought one the other day, a Wharfdale one. I bought another one in Costco, which I think is about 138 quid, and that's really good. And they play all regions, so I love them. But don't buy anything under a seven inch screen, it's not worth it. Do you huddle under the duvet? At no, night I have it propped on the bed. All right. So, so what I've got, I've got my sort of pillow there, and then I've got another pillow there, and it's propped on it. So I can sort of watch it for a bit, but what I tend to do is close my eyes and listen to it. So at the moment, I'm running through the whole series of, um, of Heidi High. Because you know what it looks like anyway. Because I know what it looks like, and I, I just... It's, it's actually much, much better to do it like that. It's good. Uh, 84850. Uh, Hooker's Road E17 exists, apparently. <laughs> No doubt. We're going to get a few of these this morning. There yeah, we are. We? You can just tell, can't you? <laughs> yes. that they're all going to be very, very peculiar. But uh, anyway, uh, another one here, which has come in. Which Some one-liners. If life isn't worth living, what else can you do with it? OK. Give a woman an inch and they'll rearrange or redecorate it. The still incurable romantics. We need better antibiotics. And opportunity may only knock once, but temptation wraps for years. Do you know I got the same driver this morning, Patrick, that I got the other day? Is that unusual? Well, it, well, I think it's quite unusual, because it must be the first time in ages that I've had the same driver. Do they come suited and boot, booted? He does, yes. He does, yes. And I think he was actually going to be taking Steve Campen back to the uh, station. He lives in South End, but at this time of the morning, he can do it in really good time, because th there's no traffic on the road. It's, it's fantastic. The driver, so. the driver lives in South Yes, London. the driver does, yes. Patrick, yeah. Steve Campen lives in South London, doesn't he? No. He no, doesn't. No. They've moved? Lives in Essex. Well, that's South London. You think Essex is very south? south? Oh, no, not where they are. Good <laughs> love. Definitely not. I've taken them there. <laughs> I guess they live down in Chelmsford. Oh, no, that's north, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> never mind. Uh, sit in silence for at least ten minutes a day. This is if you want a better life. Take a ten-minute walk every day, and while you walk, smile. It's the ultimate antidepressant. Yeah. Well, laughter's the best medicine, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is, absolutely. Dream more while you're awake. I think that's brilliant. I love dreaming while I'm awake. Do you? Do, do you do that. it a lot? I do it quite a bit, actually, especially when, whilst walking. wander off. I do, I walk. The only thing I won't do when I'm walking is plug my iPod in. Because, because? I'm Because I'm so worried that people can come up behind you, and I don't... I like to be aware of what's going on around me. Mm. And I always think, you know, I've seen some very silly people on bicycles with earphones plugged in. Totally stupid people. And, uh, like yesterday, we found the people skating on the ice with a little child, walking across a frozen I lake. I heard about that. Wasn't that stupid? How stupid of them. They can't be British. They can't be British. I wouldn't be surprised. Nobody would be that daft, would they? Uh, Dee says, re-portable DVDs. Do they have mains adapters? Yes. In fact, my one 
has got rechargeable batteries, but I leave it just plugged into the mains. But that'll ruin your battery. Yeah, but I'm not particularly bothered because I'm never going to have it anywhere where I'm just going to have it without the uh, adapter. And it comes with a, a car charger as well. Trotter's Bottom in Barnet, <laughs> says Tim. Thank you. We're obviously going to get these ones today, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Life isn't fair, but it's still good. I Life... think we... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, th I think we should all write into Lewis Council and suggest <laughs> these names. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I, th I think you should. I'm all in favour of that. Uh, call your family often or email them to death. And, of course, talking of emailing, that balmy woman, the uh, mental case, who uh, has bombarded the actor Martin Shaw, has been found guilty in court... Uh, of pouring petrol through his girlfriend's letterbox, of writing him obscene letters. Um, you would think a woman over the age of 60 would know better. Quite mad. She's going to be sentenced. And uh, I suspect, though, she'll be as balmy as the woman who was told, don't feed pigeons, they're vermin. And she carried on, and they sent her to prison. That was good news, wasn't it? Everybody happy all round. Mm. I do like a happy end to a story, and that's my stomach going berserk this morning. Yeah, well, I lived in Marylebone. The, uh, the next-door neighbour insisted on feeding pigeons. Some religions do... I've noticed this. I've noticed a lot of Asian people in Twickenham coming down from Waitrose with bags of, of bread and somebody emptied what looked like the contents of a restaurant on the ground. Rice and meat and, f and I'm thinking, it just attracts rats. You don't sit there hand-feeding rats. Well, I, I, I had a meeting yesterday down by Gatwick and uh, the car in front of me just stopped on a single-track road on the way into the hotel and uh, got out and started feeding the ducks. Really? Yeah. And I thought, mm. hello, there's, there's a queue of traffic now forming behind this yeah. guy. Completely oblivious to it all. He was quite happily feeding the ducks. See, it's at times like that you want to be a policeman and you have them arrested and we throw them in prison and then we hang them. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> Quarter past five, it's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast at LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Uh, Paul says you keep praying for snow. Certainly do. And I'm doing double prayers this morning, Paul. Oh, I love it. Can't get enough of it. It's amazing. You're one of those wusses, I suspect, who sort of would go to Iceland and go, oh, my goodness, snow. I don't know how we're going to cope with life. You know, I'm for, you need to get out there, Paul. Smell the coffee. Be a big boy. Try, try and be big and brave and everything like that. You know, don't look at the negative side all the time. He says, how about old people on very low wages who can't afford to heat their flats? Well, they've got snow inside their flats now. Unbelievable. You are a wuss, aren't you, really? Paul. Steve, I do like the look of snow. Oh, I love it. It's fantastic. We'd uh, hate it in Iceland or Finland or anything like that. It must be a disaster for the poor boy going out. Driving must be terrible, Paul. The, uh, the, one of the things I wanted to bang on about this morning mm. was, was wastage. I uh, hate throwing away food, don't you? Uh, and, yes, but it's inevitable in this day and age. I know. One of the things that encourages it, in, in my opinion, is these uh, buy one, get one free oh, yeah, I like jobs that. in supermarkets. Well, they shouldn't do buy one, get one free. They should do half price. It's the same difference. Yeah. But you wouldn't end up with another of something that you, you don't use and you end up throwing it away at the end of the week. Hmm. Happens to me all the time because I get to the till and they say, oh, it's buy one, get one free. And they send off somebody to get another one. Hmm. And it's wastage. Similarly... They do that in Iceland, actually. They have to say, oh, you, you get two of these at the price of... Oh, God, all right, Why don't they just it. do it half price? Yeah. Would make it a lot easier, wouldn't it? Make it a lot easier, would reduce wastage. I don't, don't know. do that. I don't know why. They do it in boots. Not that I shop in boots very often, but they, they sort of say, you know, oh, you can buy three toothbrushes for the price of two. You know, pff, for yes, why? but they, th that's not so bad because the stuff that they sell in boots generally doesn't go off. Yeah. So that, that's but fine. Food, food that's you fine, think but food stuffs, I think, yeah. half price, not buy one, get one free. And the same goes for the gas board. Oh, right. Who are they offering? Who should be reducing their prices, but instead um, they keep on sending out these low-energy 
light bulbs. Oh, I know. I've got loads. I know, so have I. Do you like I get, them or I not? get a few every three months. Now, they're horrible. Oh, see, I quite like them. Do you? Well, I have, yes. I, yes, I, I have them outside the house on all the outside lights. Yeah. But on the inside lights, I've got low voltage halogen oh, right, all the yes, way through the house anyway, yeah. so it, it doesn't affect me. So I've got a cupboard full of these things anyway that I keep on giving to people. <laughs> and there's a report in the paper today, we'd like our gas prices down, thank you, not yes. sending us out stupid light yes. bulbs, but there's a report in the paper today about these light bulbs um, adversely affecting your health. Oh, yes, it's something to do with the gases that they burn inside the well, bulb, isn't it? it says that uh, a ban on traditional light bulbs could have massive health implications for millions of people, MPs and charities are warning that a 120-year-old icon is set to disappear for good from 2012 after the government signed up to a European Union directive to replace it with the uh, greener fluorescent variety. But campaigners say low-energy light bulbs are dangerous and they can trigger migraines, skin rashes and epileptic fits, as well as aggravating conditions like lupus and autism. Good Lord. That's what we need. And, and need um, more of that. Yes. <laughs> and it says up to 30 million Britons could be affected by this. Good Lord. So why are we banging ahead with this? I don't know. This is stupid. But I've got a boot full of these light bulbs because they come boxed. I can give you another boot full. Thank you. That's all right. I don't want any more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any at all. No. I don't need any. No, you're right. You don't because you've got halogen. But them. loads of people don't have halogen. So, but, you see, so you would have them. We've, it's halogen here. Yes. But these warm up, so when you first turn them on, this room is dark. Yeah. Then you, you, you wait for them to warm up and you get the right... Um, yeah, but it only takes a couple of seconds. It's not... Yeah, it's, not it's vital so. seconds. <laughs> vital seconds. <laughs> Pratt's Bottom, near Farnborough. We know Pratt's Bottom very well. Angela and Bob are out there. Uh, the Crutched Friars in EC3. Cripplegate, of course. Cripplegate in London. Yes. As well. And, uh, see, why doesn't the radio station support the London taxi trade? You are joking, aren't you, of course, Jason? <laughs> and use the iconic black cabs. What is iconic about a black cab? There's nothing iconic about it. It's a licence to print money. You know, in fact, when I was talking to Patrick this morning, he's actually doing the knowledge at the moment, because most black cab drivers started as private hire. Right. Driver. That's how they actually started. <laughs> and then they go out there. Uh, but, of course, when you're working for a company that everything goes through the books. When you're a black cab driver, it's the old cash business, isn't it? Which everybody loves. So, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't imagine there's a, uh, there's a cab driver listening who actually puts through everything. Can't be. By the law of averages, because I'm bound to find one this morning, you can guarantee it. Do you know that we have um, ETs out there? You know why we have ETs? Because some balmy old woman called Dorothy Willows says that she's seen a UFO zoom towards a wind farm and cripple one of the propellers... So she took a picture of it. Uh, she lives half a mile. She says she was in her car when strange lights loomed in the evening sky. So here she is, you know, having had her nightly drink of wind carness. She has uh, her camera and the, uh, the turbine, the wind turbine, was left wrecked. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's by a UFO, apparently, according to Dorothy. So now you know that we have them out there. She said there was no trace of one of the turbines, three huge 65-foot blades, ripped off in the collision. So that's a, <laughs> that's a spooky one, isn't it? Well, it's spooky if it disappeared completely. I never understand why people think that a UFO is a, is a flying saucer with little green men in it. Well, it's not. It's something that's flying that's unidentified. Yes. I mean, it could be anything. It could be a light aircraft. Unlikely. It could be a flock of birds. It could be anything. It could be anything at all. But she prefers to think that it's, uh, it's, it's an, a UFO. Well, they do exist, of course. Oh, don't you start. 
<laughs> I'm not sure with most people. However, talking of the Barmies this morning, Princess Beatrice went out in her BMW. Apparently, she has uh, a protection officer, a police protection officer. Why, in God's name, I've got no idea. I wonder what would... she looked like. Exactly. Nobody would go within a mile of this girl. She's so far down the pecking order. But anyway, she goes out, nips into a shop, and she leaves her keys in the ignition. Her private police protection officer follows her. Somebody gets in the car and nicks it. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Fantastic. Beatrice, you are as dim as a brush, aren't you, love? You really are. Fancy in London leaving your keys in the car. What a I silly girl you are. But anyway, the uh, protection officer... Why she's got a protection officer? I've got no idea. Does Prince Edward have a, a protection officer? No. No. Also, why has she got one? Dreadful. Uh, Low-energy bulbs are classed as hazardous waste, so all the good is lost when they're thrown in the regular bin, says Tony. We are, then. Yes. Not a lot you could say about it's that, It's the Prius syndrome. The Prius? Yes. Oh, right, of course, the Prius. They're fantastically right. cheap to run, <laughs> but uh, when you come to uh, scrap them, the batteries are apparently a nightmare to get rid of. Oh, are they? Mm. We had the same, didn't we have the same trouble with fridges some years ago? Wouldn't yes, you? it you was the get... CFCs. That's right, it was the CFC stuff. And uh, it was destroying the ozone la layer. Yeah, oh, right. And that's why we changed aerosols as well, because they were propelled by CFCs. Yeah. Steve, I imagine Paul dressed elegantly, disappointed. How on earth can you... Oh, I see. Oh, what, on stage. Oh, you just watched the YouTube thing. Yes, oh, right. and not I was looking at, at you all, in the I'm studio. Afraid. No, it's not, it's not supposed to be elegant. <laughs> Believe you, you know, me, it's not. Or elephant. <laughs> <laughs> or elephant. Uh, the Steptoe and Son TV series, The Steptoes lived in Oil Drum Lane. That's right. And you know where that is? Shepherd's Bush. Yes. It was Shepherd's Bush, wasn't it? Yeah. Which is Which is good. Poor Angela's got a cough this morning. And she said, and I'm laughing, and of course it's not helping the cough. Well, I think these these old names, you know, yeah. are, are, are charming. Yes, I think so too. And uh, and, and it, it it tells you the often tells you the history of the street in yeah. just the name. Yeah, because they were named after what happened there. Yeah, well, in fact, we were all named after what happened, weren't we? So, in other words, uh, if, if you lived on the edge of a forest, your name could be yeah. Tree or Forest. Well, or... you know, Sabre, he was probably a chef or something like that. Yes, it could be to do with food, couldn't it? Yeah. Perhaps your, your, your family made things. Yeah. I don't really want my, know what my family made at all, but uh, it's an interesting one. Alan Keyes, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Which came first. I quite like Alan Keyes, surprisingly. <laughs> I do have a whole bunch of them. So Why? Do, I. do you what, what do you use them if for? If you ever go to IKEA, you need them. Oh, uh, and, and, and also to tighten up your bathroom fittings. Oh right, okay. So if you're tightening up your, <laughs> your bathroom fitting, there is a picture in the paper today which is going to make anybody who is of normal weight feel physically sick because he's the subject of a television. He's the world's heaviest teenager. He weighs sixty stone. Sixty stone. His mother, stupid woman that she is, has fed him a diet of burgers and chips. Every single day, five times a day. Five times he a day? He lies in bed and they squeeze the ketchup over the burgers and the chips. And this boy is, well, let me just give you a little quick shot of what he looks like. Good Lord. And now, this obese young man in America, certainly not here, where although else? there must be people, where else, uh, is going into hospital so that they can halve his weight. He weighs half a tonne. Half a ton. I mean, it's just nothing short of stupid. And she says, oh, you know, but he, he likes eating. You look at this boy whose heart must be... I mean, I'm surprised he's not dead. The last person... He? He's, um... 
19. Oh, what? It's even more disgusting, isn't it? Yeah. But he walks around. You've never seen him like it. I mean, I th- it was like the Jeremy Kyle show come to life. Well, can was. he walk around? Well, he can't, really. He has to be lifted in and out, and she's there going, oh, it's so sad. And I thought, but you've you, you practically killed your own son. Mm. Horrible, it really is. So uh, let that be a lesson to you. You've all got to start losing weight, because when you get to this side... But, of course, all they do now is they, they make it into a television programme. So, in other words, whatever disability you've got... They make it into a TV program. We're all glad they go, cool, blimey, you're fat, aren't you? There was some uh, woman, I hasten to call her a woman, actually, on the Jeremy Carl show this morning. She was wearing a crop top with her fat rolled over the... S- oh, isn't that the worst it look It was in the world? disgusting. Dis- and she's shouting obscenities, almost as bad as the woman who's in the Big Brother house, whose name I can't remember, but every other word she uses the F word. I can't remember her name. She's supposed to be an actress. There's no acting about it. She's exactly the same as she was in Shameless, I think. Anyway, uh, we'll take a a very quick break for the news, which is next. 27 minutes to uh, six. What should we do today? What should we do today? Go for your lunchtime walk. Let's go for a lunchtime walk. Then we'll have a... uh, I had it in the canteen yesterday. Delicious. Doris made me a sausage sandwich. And I was... I was was chatting so much to to Toby Ansett. Thing went cold. So I put it in the, in the microwave, and it was delicious. Really? And then... Don't like microwaves. Oh, don't you? No. Oh, I love microwaves. Unless it's something like um, uh, a spaghetti bolognese or something like oh, that. Right. Oh, right. Oh, I had spaghetti bolognese the other like night. It. Not last night. Last night I had salmon. Do you have uh, sprouts with it? Yeah. I have sprouts with everything. Sprouts <laughs> with... Can't help it. It's just me, isn't it? Oh, and by the way, thank you for all checking. Simon has checked out the YouTube videos, but they're too short. Well, you're, you're only allowed to put so much on there. And also, we think always best to um, leave you wanting more. Talking of leaving, wanting you more. No, leaving, talking... Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, like I've had a drink this morning. <laughs> Nathan Morley is in uh, Cyprus. Good morning. Good morning, gents. Good oh, morning. I started being like you. I started being a bit dyslexic. <laughs> when on earth did that comment come from? Well, no, because sometimes you actually get get your words, you know... Yeah, but that's the alcohol. Around <laughs> the right, is it? Yeah, it, but Paul's absolutely right for once. It is the alcohol. Dyslexia <laughs> is... <laughs> yes, even at this oh, no. time of the morning, I, I find that a worry, really. Now, as long as you know you have the problem... Yeah, uh, it's all right. <laughs> the, the battle's downhill from there. <laughs> so how how is life over there? Is it is it good... I can't complain, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pottering on on a day-by-day basis, seeing how it goes. Good days, bad days, slowly, slowly, mm. you know. Just take it a step at a time. <laughs> step at a time. It'll be I fine. just heard that DFS winter sale advert. Yes. Whilst, whilst just after the news. Uh, are LBC listeners generally simple muppets? Because the guy is talking to us a, a, a little bit like we're stupid. Let me repeat that. DFS winter sale mean. I mean, are people in London a bit slow? No, we're not. No, we're well, all well, there. What's wrong? Is, is the producer just a, a, a muppet or something? <laughs> it's for the, the people who have nipped out to make. I a think cup it's, of tea. A, it's exactly. It's the people who've nipped out to make a cup of tea. That's why. <laughs> Honestly, I don't understand these adverts, which talk to you as if you're simple. Oh, I love them. I, l- well, I, I love an advert going. I'm talking to you. And I was thinking, it's me! They're talking to me! It's personal! I love <laughs> yeah, it! Let's go over it again! Well, of course, yeah, but yeah. then you said, but you know, it's stuck in your mind. 
No, it hasn't stuck. It just wound me up. I mean, that's <laughs> the one thing I like, like about Cyprus is we, we do have radio adverts, but obviously they're all in Greek, so... Um, and, and so that's much used to like, you as a chocolate teapot, then? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we get things like special discounts on olives and uh, things like that. Special discounts on olives. It <laughs> <laughs> can't be that basic. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Actually, I used to get the same when I was in Austria. I used to get the adverts there, and uh, one of them, I had to voice the end... Because they yes. just needed an English voice saying, uh, don't drink Sausages, or drive. No, it was just don't, don't drink and drive, because it's, they've got a big problem in Austria with drunk drivers. And yes. they, they really have a serious problem there. People just happily go out and get off their, their trolleys, get in the cars and drive the wrong way down the motorway. In fact, there was barely well, a day went by. you tell you that, yeah. Yeah, barely a day went by where I didn't read out there's, uh, there's, there's somebody going the wrong way down the motorway. Oh, my goodness. No, it was f- every day and they were blissfully unaware. Blissfully unaware. That's a- that's a one. Actually, it's a very big problem here in, in Cyprus as well. That uh, we have, I think, a, a, on a pan-European scale, one of the highest uh, road fatality figures in in the whole uh, in the whole continent. It's uh, it's. I think already this year we or last year I should say we had about 89 deaths on the road. Oh we only have a population of around 750,000, so that's pretty high. That's a pretty high figure. Yes, but it, it was only recently, wasn't it, that people actually got insurance and driving licences. Uh, well, it was for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can only speak for myself. But, um, no, no. Well, you know, since we joined the European Union, <laughs> uh, a, a lot of the shabbiness has disappeared in the system here. Yeah. And uh, uh, one of the... the main priorities for the police department was to try and cut down on road deaths because anybody who's been to cyprus will tell you how dreadful the driving is here it is appalling you literally take your 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 life in your hands Hmm. but slowly slowly there are more police on the streets there there are more public awareness campaigns there are more arrests the the drink driving the alcohol limit went up as well so you can't have as much alcohol before you drive and i think they're actually intending to stamp it out altogether next year so they're they're actually tackling it head on and it seems to be working slowly slowly yeah it's the same anyway if you've actually had i remember when when they started banning um smoking on aircraft i think the last people to actually uh stamp it out were iberia and and i remember thinking that the fact that the few times i've flown on iberia the first one who had a cigarette on was the stewardess as she's sort of arranging things she got a fag in one seriously i sat there in disbelief and the the door to the cockpit swung open and the the pilot's got a fag on as well everybody was smoking then of course the the smoking stops and people are like hanging out the side of the aircraft with cigarettes (laughs) on this is why we were in the air (laughs) well this was the one advantage actually and and i know there are thousands of cypriots who listen to your show in london Mm. this used to be the one advantage with cyprus airways until they now they they never had tvs or in-flight entertainment but they had free booze and fags yes and and this used to be the great the, the one characteristic of this, this airline had, which nobody else had, you could drink and smoke as much as you wanted, whichever <laughs> class you were in. So everybody used to get to Heathrow, I mean, I remember taking the flight many times, absolutely plastered, stinking of Rothmans. <laughs> that, that'd be the stewardess. The tarmac. <laughs> Standing there, fag out of the mouth. Uh, thank you for flying. Thank you. Love you. Love you. <laughs> great but that's like some of the uh, internal but... Russian flights. Apparently, some of the oh. internal Russian flights are so bad that uh, the crew members have been taken off because they're drunk. 
I've always been told, if ever you go to Russia, the internal flights that whiz across the country are the most lethal, and their track record is the worst ever. Yes, that's, that's true. That, yeah. is, that is absolutely true. These the small Aeroflot flights, mm. and now there are uh, dozens of private companies uh, operating with old aircraft from the 1960s and 70s. Um, you know, refurbished, thrown together with spare parts. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and yes, you're absolutely. Russia is. My wife actually said she would never fly Aeroflot, and I know no. I wouldn't either. And that's no uh, disrespect to Aeroflot, but they're, they're just, I just. Do you know there are some airlines you have confidence with? Yeah. In British Airways. They aren't one of them. I would never fly with them, no disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> No, I think you've started drinking. Uh, I haven't been on. The, I have not been on the sauce for a week. Oh, dear, Isn't really? That incredible. Have you still stopped yeah. smoking? You said that last week. Do you have one immediately after the show? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yes, I, I don't smoke. Don't smoke and don't drink. Uh, but, you know, all of my friends think, seem to think I do because some of them catch this program. Yes. And they think that, for some reason, I'm a, a raving alcoholic with a, with a tobacco problem who's slightly loopy. And, 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 uh, and none of that is, is correct, is it? N- no. In fact, I'm very sensible. <laughs> yes. Is, is the wife back yet? Yes, yeah, she's back. She, oh, right. I, I went to the airport. I'm not kidding with you. I went to the airport. 2 a.m. I turned up. Um, and the flight didn't get until 4.30. I was standing out in the, in the car park at the airport. I, 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 I don't know what it is with... with I don't I know, I'm going to slag another airline off. <laughs> to get the, 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 the suitcases from the aeroplane to the conveyor belt took an hour and a half. And, I, and it was the only flight in during an the night. An hour and a half? I know. One flight during the night. I was wondering, these guys, these baggage controllers, are they, were they asleep or something? Good Lord. Incredible. That is amazing, isn't it? That's very slow. Would have been easy to go and pick it up yourself. <laughs> I know, or just leave it. She left her sticks. Oh, did she? she you, you know the sticks. walking poles that Finns have when they walk very fast? Oh, yes, one yes. One in each hand look like yeah. skis. Yes. She left them. She said, I'm not standing here waiting for these. It's easy to go and buy some more, isn't it? Yeah, so that's enough. what we're going to do. I must mention very briefly, because I often wonder what happened to him. We know that you've got some very odd people living out near you, Jordan and Ian Rush. Now, former militant Liverpool councillor and complete waste <laughs> of space, Derek Hatton has turned up over there. Do you know... I wonder what, say... he, what had happened to him. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been a catalogue over the past few years of coming on, my, as the neighbourhood go, going downhill. Yeah. I remember the first time we spoke, years and years ago. Do you remember I lived on this house on my own in the middle of the countryside? Yes. Oh, yes. it's all changed. My late, the, the latest spot on the street's Derek Hatton. Oh, yeah. Actually, he looks very good. I had a coffee with him the other day. He looks exactly the same, but he's 60 now. Yes. And he has grey hair. No, no, nobody ever understood what Derek Hatton did, apart from turned up and, uh, and was the, the deputy leader of Liverpool Council, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah, yeah, he was the deputy leader, but he was a member of Militant, and you might remember, recall that, that Kinnock kicked him out of the Labour Party. Yes. And, um... Yeah, there was that whole period, 85, 86, when he was arguably pro- probably the best-known politician in the country for a while, but uh, he brought the Labour Party really to its knees at one point. Yes. And, and now he lives just down the road from Nathan. So, presumably, he bring, he's uh, retired. He me to my knees. Has he actually retired? Sorry? No, no, he's actually working in property development. Okay. And, um, well, working, I say, he's, <laughs> he's an investor. Yeah. Uh, but, but um... He's got a beautiful house which literally touches the seafront here, and uh, he seems he seems to have chilled out a bit. You know, he's no longer spouting out uh, socialist claptrap, so he mm. seemed all right. Yeah, 
<laughs> Interesting. So you've got him and you've still got uh, 30 centimetres, I gather, over there, of snow. <laughs> yes. How oh, the world isn't Sorry, it triggered today for me. Sometimes wonder which planet the poor boy's on. <laughs> yeah, you just said, you just said, and you've still got 30 centimetres. Yeah, well, of, of snow. I was reading down the, the email. Yes, yes. yes. Um, we have got 30 centimetres of snow. I mean, I thought you meant 30... <laughs> 30 centimetres of, of I, I don't know, something else. Some, no. Uh, yes. I don't uh, even know what 30 centimetres looks like. Uh, it, it's quite, uh, it, it's is quite that, lengthy. Is it, well, uh, I mean... 30 cent- yes. How, how many inches is 30 centimetres? Oh, crikey, um, inches. I don't do inches because I was actually born reasonably recently. It's 12 inches, um, apparently. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. It's 12, 12 inches. Twelve inches. Yeah. Yes, that that that's a fair amount. Look, I should I should go go. <laughs> of snow, that's amazing. I mean, I've just get yes, my yeah. my bearing. You could lose yourself in that. Well, yes, you can you can you can certainly get a, a handful. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I would think, yeah, and yeah. and the rest. It's almost yeah, two yeah. handfuls round here. If we had well, uh, if we had thirty centimeters round here, I tell you, I wouldn't be sitting in here. Well, if you want 30 centimetres, get, get yourself up to the, to the mountains in Cyprus. Uh, um, I understand uh, it's going to be there for a few days. Absolutely. Well, if you can take a photograph, it'd be very useful. Uh, I can do better than I can send you some. Oh, fantastic. Send me some. <laughs> <laughs> then when it gets here, I'll <laughs> refreeze it. the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Listen, I wish you a pleasant week. Thank you very much. As always. Uh, what are you doing now? Are you going to go off and have, have breakfast? Uh, yes, and then I'm then off to work, off to breakfast, off to work, and, uh, and then just, just potter about, bimble oh. about the cliffs for a while. Oh, that's lovely. Try, try not to go too near the edge. And Paul, oh, finally? Well. Uh, and happy birthday for next Wednesday. Oh, God, a, a mighty memory there, Paul Savory. Thank you very oh, yes, much. It's amazing, isn't it? It's uh, amazing. You, know 20, you don't get, become 28 every week, so I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> no, to it. No, you certainly don't. <laughs> and uh, so many happy returns of the week for next week. Cheers, thank you very much. Have a nice time. Bye. Nathan Morley, our man in Cyprus. So, do we find out how old he is for next week? We can't remember. No, it doesn't does it, say. Does it not say? It say no. I'm sure we can I find out. I think he's about really 34, tried. something we'll like that. We'll log on to this in the break and find out. OK, we'll have a quick, uh, we'll have a quick check. There's more than that. Quarter to six, it's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast Show, LBC 97.3. Twelve minutes to six is the time. Thursday morning in London town, the UFO that hit the wind turbine. There's got to be a, a reason for it. It's just at the moment nobody knows what it is. Yeah, it's a UFO. It's a UFO. Says so on the papers. Yes, a 4am prang at 300 feet. I have to be honest, there's a very, very big uh, wind turbine down behind the Majeski Stadium in Reading. Indeed, by Costco. By Costco. And in fact, you can see it from the motorway. And this thing, I watched them when they were putting it up. It is... It's huge. Well, that's what I mean. Something if, that would break these or buckle these things. God knows what it would be. Well, uh, th- flock of birds? No, I'm sure birds can do that. No, swans are birds. But yes, I, I mean, but swans are very resilient. I've seen them crash into cars before now. But don't, what I find odd about this story mm. is the report that one of the blades has completely disappeared. Yes, it's gone. Now that is odd because they're big. Well, it's sixty-five feet. Well, exactly. The only thing I can think of is that, that somebody lassoed it from the ground, broke the thing off, because if you, if you move the rope along, once you've stopped it, because they never go fast, it just rotates very slowly. If you moved a piece of rope oh, along the end... Have you seen the one at Majeski Stadium going zooming round sometimes? No, I've never, yeah, but when they start yeah. off, so at certain times, at night time, there'd be no wind, it would be easy to throw a rope round it, bend the thing, which they've done here on this one, and then so it snaps... You see, I'm putting forward a theory here. A theory. I might be wrong. I think it's a little green man. Oh, you think it's green man. Uh, Noreen's going to see a little green man today. Well, little green women. She's off to see loose women. 
And uh, she says, according to the TV Guide, McGiffin is on, also Jane MacDonald, who's got engaged to her searcher's drummer. I think a guest is Mel B. If Colleen is on, I'll boo for you and me. <laughs> Can't bear Colleen Nolan. Dreadful. Or Denise Welsh. We like Sherry Houston because she's mad. Oh, she's funny. And, um... I noticed Jackie Bramble, says Noreen, hasn't mentioned L.A. lately. Blow me down. There you go. No, she hasn't. I think somebody obviously said to her, listen, stop mentioning it all the time. It's boring. Johnny of Brixton, as an overpaid and underworked cabbie who thinks himself as iconic, I was interested to hear from a friend yesterday who had to go to the American Embassy, and because there's a mobile phone ban, placed it with the nearest newsagent, who charges £10 to keep your phone or key fob. £10? I'm debating whether to leave the cab near the embassy and undercut the newsagent and charge a fiver and throw in a picture of the iconic London cab. Mm. £10? Isn't that outrageous? Mind you, I saw something the other day. It was uh, a friend of mine phoned me. He said, you won't believe this. He took a picture of it. Uh, One uh, very um, silly black cab driver had parked on the rank right in the middle of it and gone off shopping. And as you know, of course, it is totally illegal to do that. If you're sitting on a rank, you can nip off and get a sandwich. This man was gone for hours, so much so that another cab driver wrote a big sign and stuck it on the back. I can't repeat it because it was far too rude, but basically telling him, don't abuse the system. You see, I'd have had the public carriage office round there immediately and had this man taken off the road. You do not leave your cab parked on a rank and go shopping. I've seen it happening at Selfridges. Darren and I sat there and watched it, and the bloke went off and came back with all his shopping. Very naughty. I should have taken a picture and published it on the website. But there you go, I didn't. Why? Because I'm a nice person. Yes, I'm indeed. daring. Paul. Steve. Um, talking about UFOs. Oh, no. Only <laughs> <laughs> because you live in the country that you see these strange lights. No, I don't, but I do see the stars at night. Oh, because there's no reflected light out there, and it's beautiful, especially in these, in these crisp, clear yes, I, evenings. Yes, I like that as well. But thousands of callers swamped a UFO hotline on New Year's Eve after mistaking festive mini hot air balloons yes. for an alien invasion. You know what they are, don't you? Yes, I've done it in, in Thailand. It's, yes. it's very... They're uh, paper very balloons common. with a nightlight in them. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, but the uh, the solution to the X-Files mystery was a, a new Chinese-style balloon which has been sold this year at Christmas markets and garden centres all over Europe. The paper balloons are lifted, as you say, by a tiny burner and then hover in the sky until the paper burns up. We've, d- we've done it. It's yes. very, uh, very The thing nice. is, you, you, you can buy them, and you buy them in bulk. You buy, like, a hundred balloons. The one thing you've got to do, A, it only looks good if you live in the country. They're set off from behind a hedge or something. B, you don't need any wind at all because the wind just ruins it, or if it's raining, it's a waste of space. So it's got to be calm, and when they lift off, they look absolutely beautiful. Yeah, we did it in Thailand on the beach. Oh, lovely. And, uh, They're just the... night lights, aren't they? Yeah, it's just yes. night lights inside a very, very thin paper um, balloon. And um, there were hundreds of people doing it. Yeah. So the, the, the sky was fantastic. Lovely. Do you remember when you used to get a box of indoor fireworks years ago? One of the fireworks, you used to get the smoking monkey. Yeah. And, and, this go, and then the other one was a little uh, paper tube with a cap in the corner. And you lit the bottom of the paper tube and it rose up off the plate. When it got to about four feet, it went bang. That's right. Do you remember yeah, that? I do. Uh, and i tell you what I got in cracker this year was the uh, the, the cellophane fish that you oh. put on your hand and it curls oh, up. Oh, I love those fish. And it's supposed to tell you uh, what kind of person you are. Yes. <laughs> it's supposed to tell you if, if you're apparently... Passionate. Passionate. It's, it, 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 mine, mine just lay there like a wet fish. It was always, almost embarrassing, I'm afraid. So, well, but they didn't are move at fun. all. Sorry? Didn't move at all. Nothing. Rigor mortis had set in. Tried both hands. Nothing. Nothing. Put it on the oven. Obviously nothing. it wasn't working. Obviously it wasn't working. It was, it was broken. Stevie <laughs> uh, says, instead of putting the mother of this 60-stone kid on television, shouldn't they be arresting her for abuse? I totally agree. 
For, to keep overfeed, the trouble is they're like dogs, some people. A dog will sit there and keep eating and eating and eating. You keep putting food down, it'll keep eating and eating. Whereas a cat will go, I'm not eating that. Mm. You go, why aren't you but eating it? But it's also America, it's this is almost the norm. They do do these huge portions, don't they? They do. There. I mean, people are enormous, compared to here. Mm. Indeed. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I have a healthy appetite, as you know. Yeah. But I can't finish meals over there. No. Not anymore. I don't order starters. I don't order desserts. Just for, just for those people, I'll, I'll just tell you very quickly again, that when we went to San Francisco, we went to a Chinese restaurant and ordered what we would order here. Well, each... Dis each dish over there is a meal in itself. Oh. So if you order sweet and sour pork, there's enough for six people. They Over here, they do the silly little cheap portions, which is a little tiny plate with about six pieces of sweet. Over there, it's, it's, a, it's a family meal. So we ended up with all this food, on the and I looked at it thinking, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> it was it's yes, absolutely you too much. you have to eat it. Oh, you can take it home. Well, they actually, well, that's why they have these big things now. You can yeah. take this. Listen, if I didn't want to eat it in your restaurant, I certainly don't want to take it home and look at it and the next day. And there again, in America, the, uh, the good thing about America is that the, nobody sneers at you if you want a doggy bag and take it home. No, true, actually. Over here, it's, um, you know, a little, uh, little low class. We Some of the people do. Like do if, if you actually go to Pizza Express, they'd actually yes, give they you say, a box. would you like to take it home? Yeah. And, uh, and you do. But unless they ask you, you're uh, in this country, you're a little mm. bit uh, reticent to do it, I think. Charlie reckons that it's a, a pigeon that hit the wind turbine. <laughs> Quite possibly. Very large a pigeon. A pigeon that probably ended its life, I should imagine, that way. 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Paul. Steve, there's a woman in, uh, in the US who... Uh, checked her late husband's lottery tickets after his death oh, yes. and discovered he'd won $10 million. How nice. No, not for him. No. Donald Peters, who was 79, bought two tickets hours before his death from a heart attack at a grocery shop in Danbury, Connecticut. After he, uh, the retired hat factory worker's death, his wife, Charlotte, checked through his things and took the slips to stop uh, to the shop to check. She says, I'm numb. The 78-year-old said as she handed in the winning ticket the worth uh, the equivalent of 6.9 million pounds at the Connecticut Lottery headquarters. The Peters children think their father would have appreciated the irony. Irony? <laughs> irony. Uh, he'd be very mad. He just passed away and she won a lot of money, said Brian Peters. She's among the three children. He'd say, figures. Yeah, figures. Uh, Roger says, I was listening to this morning's uh, podcast... Uh, which was yesterday, and your awful trip to Oddbins, because I went to an Oddbins yes. to buy some champagne, and second time in there, the girl in St Margaret's, as opposed to, because I'm, I'm a customer, you would think, having a customer in there, you're not going to let them go out of the shop. If they're willing to buy champagne, they're going to spend money. Mm. So I said, oh, have you got any Tattinger, and, uh, and what, what sort of discount are you offering? She said, no, we haven't, and it's normal price. And that was that. There was no more conversation after that. So I said, OK, thanks. So I walked out the shop, thinking, if I'd been that shop assistant and the boss in there, I'd have gone, but we've got a great deal on this champagne yes. here, you know, and you would sell it. That's what you do. I mean, this girl, total waste of space. But, uh, Roger says, go to Majestic in Brentford. He says, they've got Tattinger, £21.99 a bottle if it's you buy bad, two. Is it? Very good value. Very good value. He says, very helpful. Took me around the shop making recommendations. He says, loved your video on YouTube. Was it the sound on my computer, or did you and Andrew Pierce really sound like Tony Benn? No, it was the sound on your computer. But we do look particularly gorgeous. But for those people who don't know and are listening to the podcast, I'll repeat again, that uh, just for those people who missed it the other day, there's a new one, a little part of the show from the Queen's Theatre in Hornchurch, and that you just type in Steve Allen LBC on YouTube, and, uh, and you get that one, which, is, which shows uh, Alan 
Paul, Susan, me, and John Warrington, who looks like our man in Havana, doesn't he? Always. Always. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he was on there as well. Uh, Nick Ferrari with you at seven o'clock this morning. He's talking about the latest interest rate decision looming. Would simply printing more money solve the economy's problems? The answer, quite simply, is no. Two women officers suing the Met Police for sexual harassment. Do you know, every time I open up the papers, there's somebody. There's um, a woman who worked on a plane, and the pilot texted her. He says he thought he was texting his wife. She's taken it to court. She wants £30,000, and she wants £10,000 for hurt feelings. I would have thought stewardesses would be quite grateful to get something from a heterosexual, as opposed to mainly the trolley dollies <laughs> who are flying up there wouldn't write any of this sort of stuff. But she apparently was very upset, and these police officers even more upset. Makes you wonder what sort of people we're putting in the police force, which reminds me, I've got another story out about that after the news, which is next on LBC. Morning, team. Seven minutes past six. It's not as cold as it was yesterday, in fact. You know, you don't even need to wear gloves today. It's really not that cold out there. However... I didn't wear a coat. Sorry? All the way from the car, I didn't wear a coat. You didn't wear a coat? No. There you go. Subtropical out there Paul Savory. I love the story in the paper today because it's, it's just the quirkiness of this country and the fact that we seem to sort of put up with these things. And this is uh, a policeman. The, uh, the son called him a cop with a severe speech impediment, is still a rookie after five years. The probationary officer, thought to have a severe stutter, has repeatedly failed passing out exams because of his difficulty talking. The disability means he's not allowed out patrolling the streets and can't deal with the public. Instead, he does admin duty on his full pay of 30 grand plus a year. Mm -hmm. Total waste of time and money. Ex-Met Commander John O'Connor demanded yesterday, why on earth was he ever employed? Because if somebody cannot deal with the public and wants to be a policeman and go out on the street, he can't deal with them because they're going to go, I'm terribly sorry, this is just stupid. He can't operate as a police officer. Normally police spend two years on probation before qualifying as a constable. But this one, who uh, is entitled to extra help routinely offered by the Met to all its ethnic recruits, uh, has just not made the grade. He's failed everything. Hmm. Why is he still working there? We well, have know, to sympathise with the guy, but on, on the other hand, it's well, just ludicrous. you have to sympathise, but at the same time, there was a woman uh, the other day in the papers who's on benefits, and you know how angry I get about the lazy people on benefits, some of whom are sponging off this country, and it just makes me so angry. She's seven feet tall, came from a village in Pakistan, and, and is surviving on benefits over here. Mm -hmm. £400 a month or whatever, a week or whatever it happens to be, uh, because she says if she goes back to Pakistan, uh, people will abuse her. Her mother, who lives in the village in Pakistan, has said, this is absolute rubbish. She's never been abused at all in her life. It's her own making. So, consequently, you've got the mother saying one thing, the daughter over here sponging, and we're happily paying for somebody who looks perfectly capable to work. She doesn't appear to have a disability, apart from the fact that she's seven feet tall. So here we have a, a copper who, um, you know, dreadful though it is, with a, with a stutter. It would be like employing somebody in a, in a West End show... Who who couldn't sing? But they go well. I'm, I'm I feel oh, certain. We've seen plenty of that. Haven't we? Well, we have seen plenty of that. Actually. I wish I'd not said that. That was a very bad example. But it, but it is that case, isn't it? That's why I have the singing programmes on the television to wheedle them out. The people who can't sing, who then burst into tears because some stupid person in their family has said to them, "Listen, you've got a really good voice. And, you know, I you know they they attempt to sing and they can't sing. And when the truth is told to them, they burst into tears." Mm. We're, we're, we've got a country of wusses, I'm afraid. So this this copper kicked out immediately should be, but of course then it'll you know it's always been his dream to be a policeman. It's always been my dream to be a member of the SAS, but it's not happening, is it? Not happening. <laughs> Did you see this story about the spotty dotty? Yes. This Dalmatian obsessed Karen Ferrier. 
we'd have pictures. Quite mad, isn't she? Barking Completely. mad, I'm afraid. She's even got a car that's, uh... I know. A spotty car. But she lives in a caravan at Wimborne in Dorset. She's split up with her husband. She even got him to paint black spots on her white smart car so she was instantly recognisable. If you're that stupid, uh, Karen, I'm not at all surprised your marriage is split up. Barking mad, I'm afraid. You know, I know some people kindly would say an eccentric. I'm sorry. Barking mad. Barking mad. <laughs> They're all I out there. We, I think we miss eccentrics in this country, though. There used to be a lot of them. Do you remember Gertrude Schilling? Oh, yes. Used to go to Ascot each year, and each year her son would design a hat, and yeah. one year it was a ship in full sail, and it was... We were talking the it other day. It was fantastic, wasn't it? Barbara Cartland. Oh, yes. Always in pink. Mm. And I was talking to somebody, and I wish for the life of me I could remember who it was, but they were born... Oh, I'll tell you who it was. Letitia Dean came in yesterday. She mm. was born in a cottage on Barbara Cartland's estate. Was she really? But never went to tea there. I said, ah, I'm one up on you. I went to tea with Barbara Cartland. And? What happened? It was like an English tea. She wore pink. She had her hair, a little bit of hair, teased into this candy floss shape. Yeah. Uh, like this. And uh, and we did have cucumber sandwiches with the crust cut off. No. Seriously? Really? And actually, to be honest with you, cucumber sandwiches are quite nice. Oh, they are. They're nice. People people poo-poo them and say, oh, it's posh food. But it's, it's, a, it's a piece of cucumber in between some bread. It's cheap food. It's very cheap food, and it's really quite delicious. And she kept feeding her dog under the table. She had a lovely house called Camfield Place. And uh, she used to give... I've got a paperweight at home, which is a leaf from an oak tree where apparently Queen Anne shot her first stag. And she had all the leaves, when they fall off every year, dipped in 24-karat gold and put into a paperweight. So I've got that. You should write a book. What, You've about Barbara so Cartland's? No, about things. your life. You've met so many interesting people. Yeah, but everybody meets interesting people. No, You well, could write a book yeah, about radio. Of course they you? do, but, but you've met so many so many. Yes, most of it totally unrepeatable, ladies and gentlemen, which is why we have to do the shows. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, of course, Countdown is back, uh, set to be cool again, with Jeff Stelling and Rachel Riley. Jeff looks either as if he's been Botoxed or blown up from the inside. He's looking fairly fat-faced, and I'll, I've yet to decide on the colour of his hair, but I shall watch it closely. I like what, the programme or his hair? Both. <laughs> uh, but I, I said to Paul earlier on, I'm addicted to come dine with me on the television. It's a good show. Oh, it's wonderful. Last night, it was just wonderful. Well, when it started, of course, they did a celebrity come dine yeah. with me, and Mr Buckley was on it. Yes, I know, yes. Because he's a, a, a real foodie, as you yeah, probably know. Yeah, but the trouble is, I don't think it's just the food. I think it's the whole thing, isn't it? Because some people last night were really very good, mm. and some people were quite clearly absolute rubbish. Well, it, it's part of the entertaining as yeah. well as the, uh, the cooking. They're very exotic. Very exotic, some of the dishes, and you look at them and think that's good. But I'm more interested in what people's houses are like. Yeah. I used to love through the keyhole. Oh, me too. <laughs> Loved through the keyhole. I just sit there and think, oh, so now whose house? Oh, I know whose house that would be. Yeah. Well, I, I had the same thing, and and I happened to know who was the guest on one of these shows, and they showed this house, and I thought, that's not their house. They'd use somebody else's house. Oh, was it? Hey, there was a girl, wasn't there, on who also appeared on. I can't remember what her name was now. I think she was in a group, but they did her on through the keyhole, and it wasn't her flat at all. She'd lied. Yeah. And she'd 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 borrowed a flat from an estate agent boyfriend right. who'd given her this flat. I mean, it's, it was actually somebody... And the woman who owned it saw her flat on the television, mm -hmm. going, excuse me, she doesn't... That's my flat. <laughs> and this woman lived abroad, but this, this old con artist had moved in. 
for the purposes of the TV programme. You can always tell when they don't own it, because I saw Caprice on Come Dine with me, and and I thought, she's got a hell of a house, you know, swimming pool in the basement, yeah. beautiful, I mean, really stunning, more money than Caprice could ever earn to live in this place. It turned out it's the boyfriend's house in Notting Hill. Mm. No mention of that at all. Oh, hi, come in. You know, Caprice yeah, is a bit she, sort of... If she lives there, then I, I guess it's a home. Yeah. Well, then, you might as well, then, as somebody did once, get somebody into cater. Mm. I'd say, listen, I'm, I've been to Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay has prepared all this lovely food and I'm just heating it up in the oven. Makes more sense. There's nothing to say you can't do that. No, Why you'd have right. to go out and cheat, I can't imagine, you know, and, and sort of actually have to cook the blooming stuff. Why not get to get caterers in? Mm. Which is good. I liked it. Yeah. Anyway. OK, tell you what we do. Take a quick break for the news, then Paul's got... Well, we've got Roger Foss as well. Yes. Actually, uh, this week, I must tell you, on Sundays uh, in conversation, uh, it's Mandy Patinkin, who's in town... That's uh, right. I forget which theatre he's on at, actually, but he's... Own... Um, St Martin's Lane. Is it St Martin's so Lane? I passed it this morning. Did I you? I can't remember which one it was. What a nice man. This is a man who's got the corneas of two children who died oh, because no. he was going blind. He's had prostate cancer. He mm. still does so many shows every year. So Mandy Patinkin, worth hearing, this Sunday morning at 7, repeated at 9. Then the week after it'll be Letitia Dean. And that's a conversation you've definitely got to hear because it's very raunchy. And uh, then the week after that, it'll be Graham Norton. So already we seem to be eclipsing the poor old Jonathan Ross show where they've announced their guests are Stephen Dreary Fry, again, Lee Evans, and they've said it might be Andrew Sachs. I sincerely hope it's not. It'll make a complete mockery of the suspension if he turns up on the programme. I don't think his wife wants him to go on there. Well, I think he should go on there and give him an absolute dressing down. No, I, no, because they, they'll milk it for publicity. I, well, I think you should go on there, go up to him and go, <laughs> hit him and he falls over and, and then walk walks off. off to a huge round of applause. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Although Andrew's going into Coronation Street, so good for him. It's uh, 6.15, past six. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Siobhan Wikes is the paper reviewer with Nick this morning. Uh, would you entrust your education? He's talking to McDonald's. No. No? OK, there you go. Next Fair enough. How do you tell your children about Gaza? And, uh... Why should you? And you on the... Well, I think... Should you educate people about that? Well, it depends how old they are. Okay. Tell how this is going to be this morning, can't you? No, well, you know, if you're a four-year-old, why would you tell them about Gaza? Well, I don't know. Some people, I don't know. Some people, well, anyway, I'm not going to discuss it now because we're talking to Roger Foss, head man at What's On Stage. Uh, Off to the theatre. Morning, Roger. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Paul, and Happy New Year. I suppose it's a bit late to say that now. It's the same to you. Never too late on January the 8th. I've just realised, actually, all the milk I was drinking earlier is dated January the 7th, because I'd forgotten. And I had a a deja vu moment. We're all going to die. I I dreamt last night that I was off doing some gig, and when I'd woken up, I put my shoes on and my socks. And when I got there, somebody said, you're wearing odd shoes. And I had two different coloured shoes, and it's it's in keeping with senior moments. And then when I looked at my socks, I had two different odd odd coloured socks on. Oh, don't, because I, I do that anyway, not in, in oh, a oh, dream, right. but in real life. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> what, in between your, your, your velvet smoking jacket? Well, absolutely. I've had all that, you know, cleaned and, and brushed up for the new year. Yes. So I'm in good form. In good form, all ready to go for... <laughs> oh, it is 2009, is it? it uh, apparently so. I haven't written out it a cheque yet. I'm going to be writing one out to the tax man shortly. <laughs> I, I, I always do it in very spidery writing so that they, they feel guilty when they take the money. Uh, now, two things this week. Two things. Yeah. Um, Cirque du Soleil. We do. We have Cirque du Soleil back at the Royal Albert Hall. Mm. And the second thing? I can't remember what the second thing was. Mandy Patinkin, was it? Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, I haven't seen him yet, but right. he, I, I'm going to see him 
uh, on Friday. Sings to me. He sings to Singing. me in the, he sings in the studio to me. He sings to you. He's he got sings, an amazing voice. He sings hasn't he? over the rainbow to me. Oh, I, I was hoping you. because you know that he actually does a whole show in Yiddish. He is the most brilliant man. Yes. And and uh, is not only able to do all these musicals and stuff, you know, and a big Broadway performer, but also is a, is a fantastic actor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and has done movies and stage and goodness knows what. I mean, you know, it's a rarity, really, to get people that talented. It's a bit frightening, yeah. isn't he's it? He's such a nice man, too. I mean, he really is I'm such sure. a nice man. Yeah. He, he's over here. He went out for dinner, he told me, with Jonathan Price. And yep. uh, he said, we went to this place to eat and it was just fantastic. He said, the food was great and really good. But he's, he's, he's suffered a lot of, uh, lot of hardship in life with his prostate cancer. He's had his corneas yes, replaced. He's got this eye problem, yes, yes. which um, is, is, is quite amazing. Quite well, he's, amazing he's, he's a big advocate of people donating their organs because he's got an 11-year-old boy's cornea and a 13-year-old girl's cornea. So they, really? they tragically lost their lives and he, he has his sight due to due to them and due to their parents saying yes you can use their their body parts oh well i i could do one of those now actually <laughs> i'll try and arrange it with paul savory here and i'm sure he'll be <laughs> willing to give up something so on the subject of cirque du soleil is, is this a good show somebody told me it was a bit long well they always are a bit long aren't they mm. the cirque du soleil shows this one is called kidam 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 which is apparently latin and it's Latin for anonymous passerby. Oh, right. Now, you know, I, I, I like um, Cirque du Soleil. It kind of grows on you, doesn't it, these shows? But, you see, the trouble is I'm from that generation where I, I still think of Nelly, Nelly the Elephant running off to the circus, <laughs> packing your bags and all that, and uh, sawdust and, and spit, Trump, you know, Trump, and the yes. big top. It, Strange it, life he has. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't... You know, this is new circus, although it's not that new, because, yeah. I mean, they've been going now for 25 years or whatever, haven't they? Yes. Cirque du Soleil. But, um, so it's not animals, it's not any of that, and uh, and it's all very, very classy with amazing costumes and all that music, and, 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 and a story, too, or a kind of story. And in this one, it's about a little girl who's at home with her mum and dad, and they take no notice of her, so she kind of goes into this dream world of her own and opens the front door, and in comes... Cirque du Soleil with all, all these acrobats and aerial artists and goodness knows what. So it's it's a kind of lesson, really, not to ignore your kids. Otherwise, you'll have a you'll have a trapeze artist coming into yes, your front room. But yes, they're, they're great acts. I mean, this is the, the 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 good thing. I mean, apart from the the story thing, which gets a bit in the way in a, in, in some respects, but you know these amazing turns, and you kind of think, well, how on earth do they do it? You know, some yeah. of the most fantastic. Um, like uh, a whole troop of Russians doing human pyramids and things, you know, all the old-fashioned circus skills, but brought up today. But my favourite, I've got to say, I, I was a, a little group, four of them, tiny little Chinese girls who come on with diabolos or diabolos, you know? Oh, yes, with, with the, um, uh, the two bits of string on the ropes and the thing the, in the middle, the plastic thing that they throw up in the air. That's right. Well, they have... They have bits of string and bits of wood and they throw them up in the air but they throw themselves up in the air at the same time and do backflips and land on each other i do that you can do that i do that yes every morning before getting in the shower i'm there doing my backflips getting my little diablo out throwing it up in the air (laughs) 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 it's worth watching You well, can only imagine the image, can't you? <laughs> I, I, I can. I think I'd look good on the stage of the Royal Albert Hall. 
But um, I, they, I, I was watching them do this, and I thought, oh, you know, brilliant stuff. But what happens if it goes wrong? Yeah. What happens if somebody slips or, you know, with some of these amazing acts? And, of course, it did. The, the, the guy who comes on with this... Well, the Japanese guy comes on and they do a skipping routine. And of course, he got mixed up with his rope, which I thought was both um, hilarious, but also it shows you they are human beings. You know, yes. the only thing about Cirque, of course, is that they, they, they have clowns and, and the clowns never really make me laugh. They, they're, they're always a bit <laughs> unfunny and rely on audience participation. And I wonder whether really they they use stooges from the audience, because otherwise it wouldn't, wouldn't work, you know. Mm. I, I always um, discovered a lot of children are quite scared of clowns. When we've, when we've, we've ever done phobias on, on radio before, people have said, oh, you know, clowns are scary. Oh, I think they're scary. Yeah, see, I, I don't find them scary. I, I just, I, I quite like the idea that people put this, this elaborate makeup on. And I, it, it, for some reason, it just, the whole circus thing appeals to me anyway, so. Well, it does to me. I, I was frightened by Coco the Clown when I was about three, and I've never been the same since. Well, I used to have his uh, daughter write in to me. Because really? she used to have a circus at, um, um, oh, I can't remember, one of the theme parks in, in London. And yeah. it, was, it was always his dream, apparently, to have no animals in a circus. But he, oh, he worked at Bertram Mill Circus, as you know. Mm. And his, he used to have orange hair, a wig, that when he used to push a little button, the sides of it used to stick up in the air. I used to think he was very funny. But, I, but you're quite right. I couldn't tell you anything he did. I just knew he was Coco the Clown and he was famous. Yeah, no, that hair going up, that's reminded me. Yes. And, the, and the makeup. Yes. And that's what I think I had nightmares over when I was about 17. Yeah, but no, your hair's often done before. that and you haven't had to sort of do anything to it. It's just, it's static, isn't it? It's just risen by itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Never go near an air vent or anything like that. No, you know, exactly. And disappear completely. The face flies off. <laughs> 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 but the, I tell you one thing about Kidam at the Cirque du Soleil at the Royal Albert Hall and the ticket prices because I, I mean you know we all go along on these press nights and things that you forget that mm. it's it's sixty nine pounds fifty plus three pounds fifty booking. How much? I, I, Sixty-nine pounds fifty. Sixty-nine pounds fifty. Good. Sixty-nine pounds fifty, and you Good and you've got your your booking fee on top of that. And Good lord. The other prices, you know, in the in the stalls there, or in that kind of you know area yes. on ground level, around sixty-five and fifty-five quid. You can pay. I noticed you can pay eighteen pounds, but you're right at the top, grasping yes. on a handrail. Mm. which I would have thought is scarier than doing a somersault on stage. Yes, I, I think you're probably right. I have been up there before. I mean, it, it, is, it is great, but you are a long way away. That's an awful you're, lot of money, isn't it? You're looking down on a circus from up there, yeah. which I always think is the wrong viewpoint, because so, you don't get the sense of danger when yeah. people are jumping in the air or swinging on ropes and things, you Absolutely. know. Roger, I've got to leave I mean, it there. I'm out of time, yeah. as per usual. OK. But uh, thumbs up for Cirque du Soleil? Oh, yes, yeah, thumbs up for Cirque du Soleil. And next week, of course... It'll be Jodie Prenger in Oliver. Oh, I shall look forward to that one. We'll talk next week. Right. Roger Foss, headman at What's On Stage magazine. Thank you very much indeed. He pops up with, uh, with Christo. I'm back after this. 24 minutes to, uh, to seven. So Kevin Peterson resigns just as he was about, they say, to get the sack. Yes. So... Jumped before he was pushed. Exactly. Yeah. What's he going to do now? Just a matter of interest. What, what do you do if you're somebody who's jumped before they were about to be pushed... But where, where does he go now? Does he join sort of a commentating team or something? Well, no, he's still playing. He's still in the oh, team. He? He's, oh, he's, right. he's decided he'll go on tour because uh, he's, he's the best batsman England have, so that's, right. that's something. But he's going he's gonna to play, he's just not going to be captain, which will be interesting because he knows that most of the rest of the players probably don't like him anymore. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, that must be awful to actually go out there thinking, nobody likes me, but I'm playing because I need the money. Because mm. his uh, wife... Well, they need him as well. Sorry? 
England need him to play because he's, yeah. he's the best match. Do they earn a lot of money? I mean, I, I know footballers earn huge amounts of money. They, they're getting up there now. They never used to. But the last few years, there's a lot more money coming to cricket. Like how much? So, uh, how much would a, would, a, would a good test cricketer they're, earn? They're on a central contract, which earns them a few hundred thousand a year. And then there's a lot of add-ons and really? marketing and that sort of thing. So uh, Peterson will be on a, a fair whack. Really? Mm. Oh, blimey, I wish I kept up with cricket at school. <laughs> Get out of your whites. Absolutely. For that, I had my own pads, excuse me, <laughs> and my own bales. Anyway, on to the, uh, the horse racing. I did join in with a tip yesterday. Unfortunately, I failed miserably. Uh, because Alex's River Kirov won at 8 to 13, his profit £1.23. Total loss now 77 pence. Uh, you were very lucky with Luckier. <laughs> or not. It was a non runner. Yeah, so you know, I... if it's a non runner, you don't lose £2. Oh, you don't? No, that's no. no. That's so, that's, so your total loss is £2. I had Fleur de Lyon. Another non-runner. What's the matter with these horses? Perhaps they don't want to go out there or something. Got the flu. Too, got too the cold flu. for them. Too cold, exactly. Do you think horses think it's too cold? Because when I went think. racing at Kempton, I remember looking at the horses, and they're so tiny, <laughs> race horses. You imagine they're going to be big cart and they're little, they're like my little cart ponies. Well, you just, well, not cart well, some of them might as well be cart horses. Anyway, so today we're off to Great Lees. In the one fifth, poor old Alex is desperate to push for this one. Uh, Great Lees, 155, Sylvanus. Win only. And Phil? OK, I'm going to Southall, 120, Wing Diva. Wing Diva? Yeah, to win. OK. We, sh- we should put them on the website. Oh, yes, and then we'll see tomorrow how we do. But it's not looking very promising. <laughs> <laughs> just try better. Not a great start to the year. It's not, but it's only £2 down. Yeah, exactly. The £2 is nothing. It's when it gets to the £200 halfway through the year <laughs> that we start worrying about it. So who knows, today we, we could be lucky. We'll find out tomorrow, though. Phil, well, thank you very thank much. You. Phil Blacker is back with Nick Ferrari on breakfast this morning after the news at seven. Uh, what was I going to mention to? I was going to mention actually in the. Uh, I've already mentioned Princess Beatrice's car has been uh, taken. They say it was only worth fifteen thousand. We still question why on earth, earth uh, this girl has a police protection officer. It's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. But an eccentric loner is in the paper today. This man hoarded so much rubbish he had to burrow through it to get around his home. Oh dear. There used to be a guy on the television called Mr Trevers, I think. Yes, that's right. Do you remember? Yes, he was in North London somewhere. And in the end, the council had to go round and clear the place out, and he was going, oh, go away, and all yes, the rest Yes, he ended up in an old people's home. And, and he, he died, died, didn't he? Yes, that's yes. right. But this, this is another one here, who had waste everywhere, and they think that he got lost in a maze of tunnels and died of thirst. He had so many tunnels in his house. He had filled his rooms up to the ceiling with ten years' worth of garbage and clutter. Ten years' worth. Didn't take him long, did it? And uh, he was 74, so he couldn't walk around. He became disorientated inside the walls of rotting trash and unable to find a way out and collapsed of dehydration. Oh, dear. You'd think that the council would have moved in before that and cleared the house. But uh, these... Can they do that? People are very clearly missing something. uh, And they should be looked after. Well, I I should be looked after because I hoard stuff as well. Yes, but you can move around your flat. Oh yes, absolutely. Easily. Oh yes, yes. I mean, luckily oh, there's enough room for everything in there. But uh, but I do survive on on polythene bags. When I actually look at myself now, I I am a bit polythene baggish. I've got lots of polythene bags with things in. I mean, if you look in this bag here that I've got, I, I've carried this in for a week now. I mean, I could probably leave it at home tomorrow, and it wouldn't make any difference. But just <laughs> just for the purposes of this program this morning. In it, I mean, it's ridiculous, it's isn't it? Bag, I am Edna, the inebriate woman. I've got my, my cleaner, Mr. Fazino's Christmas card because I've not seen him since uh, Christmas. I've got a pair of gloves. I've not seen mine cleaner either. She's stuck in Poland. Really? Yes. Yeah, when you say out. stuck in Poland, snow. Oh right, snow. Okay. I've got my, my blood testing. Yes. Okay. I've got a tea bag. 
It's all in this carry bag. I've got no idea why. I've got some Clarins for Men Fatigue Fighter. That's much used to chocolate tea, but I've got this thing which my last producer hated. Well, don't just stand there, man. Get it out! <laughs> you carry that everywhere with you. I carry this everywhere with me because it was sent You're in. You're setting off on the train, don't you? I, I do. <laughs> I've, got my, I've got my iPod here. Right. Because I downloaded Poisoning Pigeons in the Park the other day just to amuse myself. Oh, they're a fantastic and I've got, song. I've got my tablets. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't actually need any of this stuff. But I'm a bit worried that I've got this, I've got my wallet, my sunglasses, oh, my sunglasses. Mm hmm De rigueur if you're a celebrity. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I have become Edna the Inebriate Woman. My life in carrier bags. Yes, but being a celebrity with dark glasses is all very fine. Yeah. But with a red carrier bag. That's right. Identify no. me. Ident I'm a target now when I walk. <laughs> <laughs> but I, d I do quite like it. I, d I do quite like carrier bags. I don't know why. I even brought three in this morning. Well, I always end up using carrier bags, and I do actually have some very nice shoulder bags and things that I'll yeah. never use. I've got a lovely leather bag I bought in M&S before Christmas, and I thought, I'll just keep a few... Well, it's full up already with stuff that I... D I mean, I need to go through it. It's not normal, is it's it? It's like a hoard? lady in their handbag, isn't it? Well, apparently in every woman's handbag there is a packet of peppermints or some chewing gum, an emery board and a penny in case you're caught short for the loo. In the days when it wouldn't get you anything, wouldn't get you days, anywhere now. Wouldn't get you 30 anywhere. P. Thirty p. Thirty p. Well, I went to the loo at Waterloo Station the other day. Thirty pence. Thirty pence to spend a penny. Yeah, it's not normal, is it? No. Why do we have to pay for it's these? It's a pound things? at Harrods. Is it? Well, you don't well, mind it was. paying. It's probably two pounds now. It's probably yes. gone up. I don't mind paying a pound if you get fluffy towels. But the one at Waterloo Station, I had to confront two people begging on the stairs. Said they looking like they were dying. Uh, money? No, I've just spent thirty pence going to the toilet. If you think I'm giving you money, think again. It's terrible, really, isn't it? It certainly is. I don't see why we should have to pay to go to the toilet. But that's what women used to keep it. And then they've got a... They're bringing out a little notebook, I think, next to bringing out a little handheld computer. And ideally for you ladies, it's just seven inches long. And it will fit in a handbag, so even more exciting for you. And it will access the internet and everything else. Sells at 99 quid. A little pocket computer for your handbag. For those ladies who can't... I've also got a phone... My phone as well. My glasses, in my glasses case. Yes. I cannot travel light. All these people, I bet you anything, Phil Blacker goes on holiday. And I bet he could probably get all his stuff in a little tiny... Ca Me? I'm like Joan Collins. You've got to take so many pairs of underpants, so many pairs of socks. I take one bag. Oh, do you? Yes. Oh, right. One bag that fits in the overhead locker. I carry on my... Oh, I've got the one. wheel. it's small. It's not one of these... Uh, mini suitcase. Yeah. I don't bother with that. If I had one of those, I'd put it in the hold. But uh, it's just a carry-on bag, and I, I, I survive with that. I lay out stuff in, 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 the, in the bedroom about a week before I'm going. T-shirts, shirt. But I've discovered I'm only going to take on holiday shirts that are made of silk. It's, of course, ideal uh, for you in Thailand. The simple me. reason that they don't need ironing. You take them out the other end, you hang them up in the wardrobe, and they hang out, and they look great. So I've got... You dry nylon. Brian Nylon. Did you see the other day in the paper? Is it Vi-Lee? Vi-Viella. Uh, Viella are going out of business and have gone into administration. Um, yeah, they've been around since the 1780s. Yeah. Is that a port? I got quite worried about that. Apart from the fact that, uh, well, uh Wedgwood... never bought one of their dresses, I'm sure. I did, but they do shirts. Very famous shirts. Oh, yes. yes. of course they do. Yes. Viella shirts. Viella yes. shirts. My dad used to have Viella shirts. Mm. I remember all of this. Well, talking of shirts, there's a... No, we, you can't tell yeah. me now. We have to take a break. Oh, dear. You have to tell me later about shirts. If it's that exciting. No, not really. Okay, so <laughs> all right, we'll take a break anyway. Steve Allen. 
Paul Savory is with us in the studio, being Thursday. Good morning. Have you got a, have you got a little one for me? A little one, yes. A, a jailbird released early with an electronic tag has begged to go back to jail because he can't stand living with his parents. <laughs> Convicted thief Guido Benevetti has his sentence reduced on condition that he stayed with his mum and dad in Palermo in southern Italy. But he said his parents constantly lectured him about his life of crime and then began ordering him around like a child and telling him to clean his room. After a string of rows, he broke his curfew to flee to a police headquarters and demanded to be rearrested. We hear this so often late. Well, it's not here, then, is it? It's, uh, it's in, Italy. in Italy. I'm even more surprised that Frank Bruno is actually driving on the road. Now, I mean, I can't remember all the ins and outs, but Frank Bruno at one point was locked up, I think for his own safety. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody assumed then that he had a mental illness. But he's obviously driving. Six months ago, he crashed his Bentley into a motorway reservation. The other day, he uh, was, was sentenced to six months driving ban for speeding through a town centre in his £100,000 Rolls-Royce. I don't know where he's getting all these cars from, or how a man with his history of illness is allowed to actually drive anyway. I'm quite surprised. But he was caught on camera as he tore through a 30-mile-an-hour zone at up to 53 miles an hour. He claimed he'd not seen any speed signs, and he said it had been an honest mistake. Uh, He said, I was going to the precinct where all the shops are. I don't recall seeing any signs saying 30 miles an hour. But as anybody will tell you... If there are street lights, it's 30 miles an hour. That's the law. Bruno, who has a string of driving convictions, says, I saw a speed camera, but I thought it was about 50 miles an hour down there. Uh, he said he couldn't see the street lights or speed signs because they were hidden behind a row of trees. I mean, really. Anyway, the retired boxer uh, already had nine points on his licence for four speeding offences. So they've decided safer for us and for him to take him off the road. Uh, he told the court the driving ban would make it impossible to visit his four children who live 60 miles away or attend any charity events. Well, as the court said to you, Frank, you're a man of sufficient means to employ a driver or take taxes. He was banned for six months, given a £400 fine, ordered to pay £450 legal costs, and the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents welcomed the ban. I mean, had he hit somebody at that speed, he, they would have been killed instantly. Yeah. Uh, but as I say, a man with his problems, I'm surprised he's allowed to drive anyway. What sort of insurance has he got? And he's driving a Bentley, must be top of the range. Must be. And a Rolls-Royce now. Doesn't quite sound, uh, quite sound real. But, I mean, frankly, you need educating, Frank. If you're that dim, you didn't know that uh, seeing, you know, street lighting means 30 miles an hour. God, I've got a seven-year-old who knows more than you do. Very worrying. Paul. Steve, um, dodos could come back from the dead. How? How um, possible? Well, it's all to do with the uh, progression of DNA. Oh, right. um, uh, the New Scientist magazine says that uh, things like the Tyrannosaurus Rex is unlikely to terrorise the planet again. What a shame. But the chances of successes were improved um, for things like the woolly mammoth. Uh, it all comes from, uh, from from progression, as I said, into the research of DNA. And um, things that could make a comeback include the saber-toothed tiger, oh, lovely. which we want in the <laughs> around here. Hyde Park. Uh, <laughs> Neanderthal man. I've worked with a few. I know. Worked We've with got a few. plenty of them. Yes. The short-faced bear, the woolly mammoth, the Tasmanian tiger, woolly rhinoceros, the dodo, the mammoth. giant ground sloth. Oh, yeah. The Irish elk, a moa, which is a 10-foot flightless bird from New Zealand, and why we would want a glyptoton, I have no idea. 
which is a car-sized armadillo. Good grief. But it'd be nice to bring back the dodo. Do you remember having... when they, they oh, had I'd a... I'd like a woolly mammoth, too. A new, well, exactly. They had a news story that in the in Antarctica, or wherever it was, they had found the frozen remains of a woolly mammoth. That's right. And I remember thinking, wow. this is unbelievable. I've got to see this. And so they... They sort of cut this thing. It was buried deep in the ice. And when it got there, it didn't look like a woolly mammoth at all. I was expecting to see a fully preserved woolly mammoth, but, of course, it wasn't. And I was very disappointed. But so, you've seen the, uh, the programme. I'm, I'm sure I've seen one somewhere with the, uh, the kind of gingerish brown hair on it. Well, there's a mummy in the British Museum that's growing ginger hair. We were taken to see that as, as children, and it's still there, and it's a mummy that's got ginger hair on its head. Yes, I've seen that too, but th- I'm talking about the woolly mammoth. No. I'd love to see a woolly mammoth. Isn't I'm that sure fantastic? I, I'm sure I've seen it somewhere, and maybe it's just a drawing, perhaps. Love it. I've got it in the back of my mind. Richie says, is Mandy Patinkin the guy who led the team in the first few series of Criminal Minds? Yes, he is. He's in London. He sings a mean, a mean show. He's doing all sorts of songs in this one, from Sondheim to Rogers and Hammerstein, everything else. So he, loads and loads of things at all. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Noreen says, we always pay for extra luggage when we go abroad. Even when I went to the health farm, the kitchen sink went. <laughs> she says, leave shortly for loose women. Horrible feeling Denise Welsh is on. Ooh, what with her and, uh, and the other one? Not, not, not a great combination, I'm afraid. Luckily, my personal opinion is always count. Uh, and Tammy in Bangkok saw Kidim, uh, Quidim in Dubai. It was phenomenal. And the Diablo thing was totally mental. Somebody reckons it's Bill Buckley's birthday today. Is it? I reckon he's 87. (laughs) Uh, No, I made that bit up, actually. I think he's 50. Whether it's today, I've got no idea. Well, I know he's off this week because it's his birthday this week. Oh, is it, oh, he's gone into that, that sort yeah, of rehab Yeah, Steve Campen told me. Oh, right. But I don't know which day it's his birthday. Oh, OK, so it's definitely his birthday this week. Caprice was on television. She's brought out a cookbook. Lovely. Caprice cooking. I'm not very sure I can go for something like that. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, my family and I saw Cirque du Soleil in America. That was great. We paid over £300 for a family of four. And Colin reckons it was worth it. Yep. If you've got three hundred pounds, it is good. Uh, Dee says Mandy Patinkin sang to you. Oh my God, I can't miss this. Please say where he's on. He's on. I think he's on at the Ambassadors Theatre. It's one of those. It's on yeah. St Martin's Lane, and it's it's the one. It's the last one as you go towards Trafalgar Square. Yes, yes, and I'm. Uh, he's only here for eight performances. He's yeah. only doing eight performances, and then as he's uh, he's back to America. Uh, another one here. What time did you say sunrise was this morning? I didn't. Because I've decided it, it's not worth it. it it's going to be at that time. It's like, you know, is it, is it raining? Is it not? I would say, look out the window. I think we waste far too much side, far, far too much time on the weather. But it is warmer today. It is warmer today. That's all you need to know. All you need to know. 84850, Steve Delby, Steve. Have you got a very, very quick one? Yes, an Italian dog owner says her pet saved her life by knocking her out of the, <laughs> wa- knocking her out of the way <laughs> as the roof of her house fell in. Angelina the Labrador jumped and knocked Maria Tripoldi uh, on the ground as they arrived home in Rivoli after a walk. As she picked herself up to put the heroin mutt in the doghouse, she watched in horror as the roof came trashing down on her house. Experts say the dog probably felt tiny tremors too small for Maria or other humans to pick up. Good Lord. And by the way, uh, this Friday, tomorrow, you're going to be voting, thank you, you're going to be voting uh, somebody out of Big Brother House. According to what I read on the internet, the most hated person in the country still is Ulrika Johnson. Nobody is liking her at all. 
They find her egotistical, waste of space. I mean, frankly, anybody in the Big Brother house, the biggest bore, of course, is Terry Christian, but we can't vote him out just yet. Paul, thank you very much indeed. Welcome. I'm back with you tomorrow morning, so uh, don't forget to podcast, please, and go to YouTube. Type in LBC Steve Allen and you get to see us in all our lovely glory. It's LBC 97.3, Nick's next.